Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro, and welcome to another Med Lasso episode from Explore the Space Podcast. I don't know if I'm delighted to be doing this one. Ted Lasso Season 3, Episode 5 was a rough episode. (laughs) Syed and I definitely had some opinions to share about it, but there were some really good things that we were able to kind of dig out of the wreckage of this episode. Lori Bedke joined us. She is an expert in individual and organizational improvement, coaching, and leadership, and some of the insights that I think came out of this, we needed them to kind of write the ship off of an episode that was just rough to watch. Uh, you know, a good one, but not one that I'll be watching again for sure. As always, Med Lasso is here to kind of help us all course correct, get as much out of the episode as we can, have some fun. This was a total blast. Definitely check out the archive of Med Lasso as well. We are cruising along every episode of the show. Ted Lasso to date has been covered. There's some special episodes as well. You can look in the archive of Explore the Space podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. You can join our fantastic hashtag MedLasso community on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Explore the Space Show, and you can find me on Twitter at ETS Show. You can email me anytime as well, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. We are cranking along through Ted Lasso, and I'm delighted that these episodes are brought to you in part by the Women in Medicine Summit. This is uh, a wonderful CME opportunity. It takes place in Chicago, September 22nd and 23rd. Really uh, a leader in conference education around understanding structural inequities in healthcare and learning more about leadership, negotiation, collaboration. The people that come are incredible. It's a wonderful opportunity. I'm delighted that Explore the Space has been able to sponsor it now for four years. I will be there. I'll be speaking this year. Please come and join us. It's absolutely a transformative two days. It's really, really fun. It's really great. www.womeninmedicinesummit.org. Check out the show notes as well. One of the things that we've done with these Med Lasso episodes is each of us, myself, Syed, and our special guest for the week are just plugging something. So check in the show notes. There's something that we're promoting. We want you to have a look at something cool that's going on. So take a look in the show notes if you want to go back in the archive and look around as well. They're all there. But uh, in the show notes, you'll see the plugs. Click on those links. Great stuff for you to check out, learn about, help propagate as well. All that being said, it's time. Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 5 on Med Lasso with our special guest, Lori Bedke. Let's get amongst it. Syed, that episode sucked. We're not, there's no pleasantries. I hated it. I hated it. I really didn't like it either. I was so ready for you to come out saying you liked it because often we disagree, but this did not land for me. I hated it. The good thing is, is we have as a guest, someone who I know well, and I would describe as a, it's a term that I actually learned from Megan Rainey. She's a pragmatic optimist. Lori Bedke is not, you know, naively optimistic, nor is she despite the, you can't see it, but the, the lighting of her current recording space looks pretty intimidating and dark. <laughs> She's not that. She's in that same space that I think you and I kind of operate in. Lori, welcome. Did you like it? I am conflicted. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. It's gonna <laughs> You've be come a to us at a hard time. Yes. What did you think? You were conflicted. Yeah. 
I mean, there are, talk about signs, talk about messages. There's a yeah. lot to dig into. Yeah, there is. Um, I genuinely didn't like it. Like, I can tell you, I will not watch this episode again. I didn't, I only watched it once. It came out last night. I was like, cool, we're going to record tonight. I have no interest in watching it again. But I, I did spend some time thinking about why I feel so strongly about it. Um, and I won't go first. Syed, why don't you, from your place of, you know, thoughtful introspection and understanding of how we've been enjoying this show, why did you not like it? I think, you know, I haven't really reflected as hard as I should on this, but to me, my gut feeling is Ted Lasso, one of the things that makes it so good is how true to the characters the show is always. And something about this episode didn't feel quite true to the different characters. It felt like things were being moved around on the narrative chessboard to kind of get arcs in position and, to, you know, to, to kind of check boxes for certain things to happen. You know, Ted gives a speech, uh, you know, uh, Rebecca yells at Ted. Rebecca is kind of caught up in the psychic subplot. And it just to me, it's sort of for the first time, it just felt like drawn out and kind of a little painful from a storytelling part of it. I just wasn't I wasn't being sucked into it and along for the ride like I usually am. Lori, you're someone who is sought after to help organizations do better, get better, continue to improve when they're already doing great and also right the ship when they're struggling. Did you like the way? They now position the whole kind of AFC Richmond universe as as really having a significant speed wobble, or did it feel kind of forced? You know, I I'm not sure on that because there, like last week, we had this opportunity to come out of the locker room in the second half and have redemption. Nope. And you know, here we we have you know we're, we've lost seven games on a tear, downward spiral. And it's a real rough patch. And we have this opportunity. We get so hyped going into Sea City and nope. So it's like, yeah. (laughs) It's like you and I as Tottenham for Hotspur fans in real life. Yeah. Syed, you don't know this. Lori and I will text after games and be like, well, that was horrible. (laughs) We're we're, we're very much understanding what that feels like to get hammered by Man City. Yeah. So it is, I mean, I think. The real challenging thing is that we really see the manifestation of behaviors and the dynamics of human relationships, and we see that on full dis- full display. What happens when people are under stress or stress, pressure, duress, and we see the best and the worst of that, and you get these little glimpses of, oh, this is the thing that's going to like spark into something great, and then it's a gut punch. And they're hitting it on every single level, um, you know. So you're you're right. It's very it's very much a transitional episode. The whole thing felt like a cure song. It was just the sort of like unrelenting malaise and ongoing sadness that involves everyone and everything. And it was a lot because I, you know, I'm I'm not a naive, right? I understand the world around me. I do care about these characters, and I'm invested in the show. And just sort of seeing all of this misery and sadness dumped upon everyone. I texted this to Syed late last night. It was just a lot. And um, acknowledging like, okay, that's the way they're going to drive the show for a minute. It was just, ugh. <laughs> it, it was, I had to like stop the CD and, and put, put something else in. Syed, given the, give us a, given the give fact us a, that we got, yeah. 
given the fact that we got Ice Cube last night, like we got Ice Cube in the playlist last night and it wasn't, it was a good day. Like (laughs) (laughs) opportunity missed. Uh, So what would be your musical analogy? What would you, what would have been the music for this one for you as someone who understands music at a far higher plane than I do? Oh no, don't set me up with that intro, man. That's a, that's a, that's a Mark hundred percent Shapiro proof question. I actually have an even better one for later. I'm excited. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. I'm gonna position you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna punt this one, man. I don't even know. I wasn't even thinking in a musical headspace what <laughs> what uh, this felt like. I mean, I just you know the Malaysia talk about though. This would have been a brutal episode during COVID. If they had released this episode during COVID, it would no, have been too much. Yeah, <laughs> we're all used to being like surrounded by people really struggling and suffering and having hard times, and that's I think probably why this. I was like. I don't want to be in that space again. And it was just sort of a lot. Lori, if you're in the room, let's say you are sort of the Trent Krim person who's observing. And then they look to you for an opinion, right? They look to Trent and they said, all right, Trent, like you've got something to say. I know you're supposed to be the fly on the wall observer. You're from just the team perspective. When a team needs to change its performance, when they're on a seven game losing streak and they're, they're not communicating well. And the star player retires what are the things that you would offer to say, all right, you're asking me my opinion. I'm going to give it. Here are some levers that we can pull to start to see results before everyone gets fired. Cause they're all about to get yeah. fired. Do you know something we don't know, Mark? <laughs> I don't actually, but I remember like Conte lost his mind in the press conference and completely went off and got fired before the internet. Like this is where coaches get fired and you can see, right? Yep. Leslie who should have been fired is now saying, should we replace? They've yep. put that momentum behind it. Like, we want these people to keep their jobs. We want them to be successful. What would you be saying if you were the Trent Krim asked to step in? Yeah. You know, it's interesting to watch that Trent Krim dynamic play out because he is really, he's present, he's observing, and he is soaking in every nuance, but he's really, really reluctant. They tried to draw him in, even. And he did, in fact, engage. But it was kind of interesting as well. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, the, ep- the, the title of the episode was Signs. And there were signs everywhere. One thing that I really noticed when he stepped up and did talk to them, uh, when they tried to engage him, his, his mug, I don't know if you noticed what it said. It said, let the good times roll. And, you know, so not, cool. w- not where we're at. But I think um, at this point in time, I don't think anyone, whether it's Trent Krim, whether it's, you know, that the answers have to come from within. They have to come from within the team. And someone's going to step up. We're just waiting to see. You know, we're getting foreshadowing of does Ted have it in him? Does he have the, the fortitude as a coach? Um, are we going to see the rise of Jamie Tart that we've been kind of thirsting for in these coming weeks? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone at this position is is the person who's going to raise their hand outside of that internal group. So mum's the word. All right. Should we just go straight to the locker room? Because there's oh, there is something I actually wanted to talk about. There is something very specific in this. There is not going to be another Ted Lasso adjacent fan show that's going to address the specific topic. Syed, we heard Rebecca's conversations and the communication between her and the infertility doctor 
Do you have any opinions about the way the infertility doctor's communication was portrayed on this episode of the show? I do. It was it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Uh, yeah. You know, just framing it around. Uh, oh, let's watch the game first or like, we'll do this. And then, uh, you know, calling and, you know, I, I felt like he, he was very nonchalant about it. It was just really bad. And, you know, part of this, I know we've talked about this, Mark, uh, uh, offline, off the show, but it's a little bit like uh, that other show, Shrinking, that, that uh, you know, the relationships, the professionalism part of it in the medical field. And I know Sharon Fieldstone got a little, that whole thing got a little flack, too. Right. It, it's, it's just, it hasn't been up to par. If they were to ask me for some constructive feedback on how they could make these shows better, it would be, can we please have a touch of realism? It doesn't add anything to have these relationships be so far askew from reality. Like you mentioned, tricking it ruined the show for me. Um, there's a relationship between a physician and a patient and you can't do that. And that it, it's so far afield and they just sort of normalize it as, as routine behavior. It's not even a punchline. It's just sort of like something to accelerate the plot. Um, and in this case, I, I've been fortunate over the course of my career. I've had a lot of coaching and I've also been fortunate to do a lot of coaching. We don't teach people to communicate that way ever. Um, it's really aberrant behavior, and the fact that it's done so nonchalantly with the you know this person of great weight and authority, and it's just sort of accepted, it, it, it's it's really frustrating. It's really really frustrating. I'm on that text thread with other Ted Lasso podcasters, and like that was my big takeaway. Like, can you please? You don't need to do that. You don't need to show this doctor being clumsy. He's clearly experienced. He's clearly done this for a long time. He knows the gravitas of what he's doing. It would have been really satisfying if they could have just had him demonstrate a level of decorum. And it wasn't funny either when he was trying to talk about the like those joke. If it was a joke, it didn't land. Lori, help me out here. As someone watching this as well, like how did it land for you watching Rebecca and the physician? I don't remember his name interact both before the game and then after when he had some difficult news to deliver. Yeah, you know, I think before there's definitely a, a commingling of relationships and that's yeah. to a degree, a little bit natural, but I think my biggest takeaway from that was really, you know, the human aspect, the relational aspect, because of course, Rebecca's reeling when she gets that call and her immediate reaches to dial Keely and Keely doesn't pick up. And so, I mean, there are just so many, I mean, you just, my heart was aching for her and, totally. um, you know, it was in so many ways, a very reactive thing uh, because of so much else that's spiraling around her and swirling around her in her immediate universe. But um, it, I, I think that you are both on the, the right train in terms of just the way that that portrays that patient physician relationship, which is quite sacred in a very unfortunate light. They could have had him just say, it would have been awesome actually if they had, had him say, Hey, Rebecca, I'm super excited for the game. I might get these results while the game is going on. Would you like me to call you after? Do you want to come to the office tomorrow? Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Ask permission. Can I call? Can I leave a voicemail? How would you like to have our next phase of the conversation? <laughs> and instead, he was just a total fanboy. I was just like, ah, because I don't know. There's just sort of a pattern with these shows. It's like, can we please demonstrate these relationships with at least some modicum of reality that doesn't paint? the healthcare professional as being super clumsily, if not wildly inappropriate. Enough said. I'm sorry. I just, I, I was texting Sayed <laughs> at probably like one o'clock your time because I was not happy. Um, what makes me happy is to go in the locker room. So we're going to just do that now. Lori, you've been on, you haven't done Med Lasso. 
You've done nope. Explore the Space a couple times. But okay, so yep. you're ruling on T. No, thanks. <laughs> yes, I had. <laughs> this isn't helping. I might just go uh, Zava on this Can whole we- <laughs> part of the pod- podcast. I'm just going to disappear while you ask about the you're tea or coffee. Open a, an avocado grove next to, the, yeah. next to your office. Where does chai fit in this conversation? Where does chai? It's a tea, right? That's the backbone of it. Um, Lori looks thoroughly uninterested. Does chai like change the narrative at all? No. <laughs> it's okay to say no. I just think. I mean, everything is so. Everything's so. You know, doctored up. So if Fair. you're gonna have straight tea, yep. No, thank you. Okay. Um, I drink my coffee black, but like. You know, for so many, that coffee is something that's completely contorted into something that's not. But so, yeah, chai, uh, straight chai. Do I love that flavor? I actually do because I love the spices. But like the way that it's presented in its non-pure form, uh, mainstream. Yeah. All right. I feel like it's adulterated. I feel like Syed's going to cast himself into a body of water in just a minute. (laughs) (laughs) This, is, I think, is a really good one because we're in this weird place where everyone on the show is miserable, save for Syed, as you texted to me last night, who is not miserable. Nate. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Did you catch that, Lori? Like the first time the show ends with Nate having like a lovely dessert with this woman that he clearly has been trying to impress. What did you what was your takeaway on that? But he is. But he isn't. But he is. Is he? Yeah. I mean... Is he, by definition, just kind of miserable? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do our power rankings. I thought this was actually really, really difficult um, because this episode is just sort of this blend of challenge and difficulty and people struggling with performance. Syed, you go first. Power rankings for episode five. Where, where are you going with this? All right. Um, at number three... Normally, you know, I have, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. Normally, I have this all prepped out. I have my power yeah. rankings written down and I have yeah. stuff. But after that episode, I, I just felt so sluggish that totally. my prep for this, this podcast is pretty bad. Yeah, uh, it's fine. I'm glad you admitted that to like everyone that listens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, know you know what? Sometimes we perform best on Lori. You are an expert in human performance. What is the difference between? Not preparing, but still performing at a high level. Preparing and performing at a high level, or over preparing. Syed, Syed's going to crush this. His power rankings are going to be awesome <laughs> and thoughtful, and we're all going to love them. Where yeah. is that balance between under preparing, preparing, and over preparing? How do you like to kind of advise and coach around that? Yeah, I mean, two words: muscle memory. And uh, so, for the for the for the purist, for the expert, it is so. Um, it becomes so known that it's muscle memory so that it becomes perfect. It's it's imperfectly perfect, but obviously then you consistently have to be adaptive. And so um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the extemporaneous approach. So I, I, I salute you. Uh, But I think that excellence comes from muscle memory, which comes from repetition, which comes from practice, but it's not that, perseveration which says i have to be scripted and so with that 
<laughs> so num- number three, I'll go with Shandy. Um, and the only reason I'm going with Shandy is she gave us a really great Jerry Maguire type. I'm leaving. Who's coming with me moment. That was one of the few moments I, I actually laughed out. Jerry Maguire type. That was a good yeah. Jerry Maguire reference. Yeah. Very yeah. Nice. That was a, that was a Jerry Maguire moment. Um, and then she leaves the goat behind, of course. And then she sort of sets in motion this whole Jack and, and Keely subplot. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Nate only because uh, he was a, br- you know, at least somebody was having a good time in this episode. And I think Jade represented kind of the I said this before in the other one. I think she's kind of like the eyes of truth. She's not impressed with Nate until he is who he naturally is. And, at the t- uh, you know, when he was towards the end of that dinner, he was fully being himself. He was leaning into his family, the things he loves. I think Nate is going to have to have a reckoning with his dad uh, to be able Ooh. to uh, to complete the Star nice. Wars Anakin Skywalker thing. He's yes. going to have to talk to Vader um, to to kind of get through this. Although that sort of makes him Luke, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and then there was another little movie call out. You know, the model left him and she ran to the all, all the other models in the convertible. Oh, I turned to my wife and I said, I uh, take it. It's yours. Yeah, that was Zoolander. Totally that was Zool- uh, wake me they- up before you... <laughs> So they even had a person in an orange orange jumpsuit. jumpsuit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, so that was number two for me. And then number one, I got to stick with Ted. Um, Ted, you know, I go back and forth on his coaching. Uh, you know, he, he he's really good at putting people in positions to succeed. And we see Jamie still, even as this episode is ending, he's still working to take Zava's spot and to become that leader. Uh, but Ted's not a tactician. And so um, he really has to come through in these speeches that he gives to them. And I thought his speech actually, honestly, was was probably one of his best speeches that he gave to the group. Um, and he actually, you know, he said shit in the speech, which was, yeah, yeah I, I, I did a little gasp when that happened. I was like, oh, man. He doesn't usually and, swear in front of the team. Yeah, and tearing up the belief sign. It, it, it was powerful. You felt like a, a bridge had been crossed there. I like that. Th- those were good. And I, th- I'm so happy that you saw the Zoolander reference because I literally turned <laughs> to my wife and said, that is totally Zoolander to the all the way down to the orange jumpsuit. And I was really happy because I love that movie. Lori, your power rankings. You know, this is pretty tough for me as well. And um, I'm going to say. In the third pole position, I'm going to put I'm going to put Jamie because we see his evolution coming. And he is, he's being incredibly restrained and, and showing the maturity and growth that he's been making by just, you know, not flying off the handle, not being a diva, not having tantrums. So I'm going to give that third pole position to, to Jamie. Second, I, I'm going to say Roy Kent because I think that his contributions um, are they're building again, both, both three and two are, are works in progress and we're seeing a process coming here. And, um, that's the optimist in the pragmatic optimist coming through that, um, we see this power duo forming and, and I'm going to go on record saying, I really hope we see fruit for that. Um, and then number one, it's, it's definitely Keely. She's in the ringer right now, and she has taken punches left and right. She is drinking from a fire hose and learning so much. Like, we're watching light bulbs and, like, explosions in her mind left and right in terms of what she's learning from her CFO, who's very much a frenemy to her, and um, from the, you know, 
venture capitalist turned acquaintance turned bathroom helper turned tryst. Um, and, but she's growing so much. And, you know, the thing that really gives me the edge in naming her in that top position this week is the loyalty that she demonstrated when she was talking to Jack near the end of the episode and how much she's very, very wrecked still by the end of her relationship with Roy. And, um, but there's a big measure of restraint and maturity and just that discernment and processing that she's going through. And there's loyalty there when she could say something, but chooses not to because it's still too fresh and raw. And to her, you know, words, it still hurts. That is a, a really nice interpretation of Keely. Cause I was wrestling with, obviously it's a massive episode for her, right? It's the Juno temple Emmy submission episode for sure. Um, and she should win for it because it was extraordinary. And it's hard on a show like this to like out act Hannah Waddingham. And I think this is the one where Juno Temple really was like just so she gets the trophy for this one for sure. For me, uh, number three is going to be Jack because she had that comment. She's helping Keely develop as a leader in a totally different way than Rebecca did. And it's kind of what she needs right now. Talent dysphoria. That was rad. I really liked talent dysphoria. Yeah. And I like that she kind of put that forward in such a fashion that we can think about it and obviously apply it to what we do in the health professions. And Keely can do it with how she applies it to business. I really, really like that. I thought that that insight was the sort of thing that does kind of move the needle. Yep. For me, number two is Zava. And it's going to be Zava because it's the T.S. Eliot, right? This is not this is how the world ends, not with a bang, but with a, but with a whimper. And I'm glad that it ended like that. I don't, I hope he doesn't come back. I, I hope that they, that it was a really fun kind of four episode thing. The actor crushed it. And I like that just sort of, he's gone because it will now allow, right. The, the Phoenix rising from the ashes. Wow. I'm pulling some Syed, Tell me to stop with the literary analogies already. Like it's, it's enough. Dude, it's beautiful. It's, I'm, I'm like tearing <laughs> up over here. This is uh, your Emmy moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. My, my webby moment. Um, Shout out, by the way, to the Nocturnists and Emily Silverman. They're nominated for a Webby. So if you haven't voted, I'm going to put it in the show notes. This isn't my plug something, but shout out to them because they're nominated in like the main category with um, uh, the like big shows. So anyway, that's totally awesome. But so that's number two. Um, and a tie for number two, because I'm being intellectually lazy, is Leslie Higgins. Um, I, I didn't appreciate the way the character sits in front of Rebecca and like in our last episode we talked about how his performance is not great and in that moment instead of saying I'm going to do a better job as the manager of football to try to get us out of this mess uh, we should probably think about firing Ted that redirection I didn't like it but it did kind of start that momentum um, and I think that that's going to have an after effect last Jamie Tart the end he's the arch he's going to be the archetypal you know action hero in this show and I can't wait the actors up for it, the whole, like, I'm going to get my eye of the tiger montage. I'm going to get it. I'm confident. Um, and I just think that he is going to be, uh, the one that sets us all straight. So the power rankings, I think are a great way to crystallize this. Cause now I feel like there's some positivity around the episode and in, in doing so we are retiring the villain of the week. We sort of felt like it's always Rupert. Rupert's not in this episode, and I still don't want to do a villain of the week. <laughs> in, 
instead of the villain of the week, and neither of you sort of knew this was coming, what was the part, and we're going to get to the Coach Beard fainting couch moment, but what made you, was there anything in this that actually did make you just crack a big smile? That was like, that was funny. That was huge. That was a, a moment of levity, and I really needed it. Lori, did you have anything like that in this mess? I mean, there was there was the adorableness of the lamb on the boardroom table. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that was a shit show. But I think Shandy walking out was, I mean, but good riddance and be gone. Like, yeah, yeah, we are. And we're moving on. It was so over the top and it was absolutely hilarious. Trent Krim cracks me up. His <laughs> facial expressions as the world around him is moving in such a way where his sort of imperious, uh, I know better than you attitude is reflected in his face. It's really, really funny to me um, because I do get the sense that he's just in his mind like, okay, this is going to make a great book. And these are all morons. Um, I could do this so much better than all of them if I was so asked. He absolutely cracks me up. And we don't get much of him. So the small doses, um, the senior reference, right, where he's holding the rainbow coffee mug that I have now come to found out says let the good. He, his facial expressions when he's listening to them just absolutely sent me, and I loved it. Syed, how about for you? Did anything make you laugh? Well, I mentioned the Shandy one already. The, the other thing that made me laugh is uh, Trent Krim. Uh, his reactions to Roy, even though they had their moment and they respect each other now, he's still terrified of Roy. <laughs> when he, drops a, Roy. he drops a mug. <laughs> that part yeah. made me laugh when Roy's yeah. des- describing beating the bully. Uh, that, that got a laugh out of me. That scene was gnarly, by the way. Like, good Lord. It, it kind of kept going, too. What's going on with Sam? We're not getting any Sam. Like, he's not doing anything on the field. He doesn't get good lines in the locker room. Like, I, I don't know, Lori, what, where, where is Sam in all of this? I don't know, but let me just pop back to where Syed was a moment ago. Like, I have a, I have a little theory about Roy's uh, bully rant because everything he described, save for the red paint, tells me that he's talking about Jamie Tart. First, you ignore them, and then you break into their house at 4 a.m. Statistically speaking, that is when they are the most vulnerable. And then you beat them with a rope over and over and over. And that is immediately where my mind went. I was like, does he see Jamie Tart as a bully? And the red paint thing throws it off a little bit. Like, that takes it to a tailspin. But to me... I really think, I mean, I think the two of them are coming together. I think there are good things to come. But to me, I was like, okay, you're showing up at that kid's house at 4 a.m. every morning. Like, there's, And now, you know, Jamie's asking for it, right? At the end, he said, yeah. you're going to be there. And he said, you bet your ass I am. Syed, you're nodding your head. I love that take, Lori. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> I, I totally missed that. I didn't catch that at all. That's fantastic. Absolutely delightful. Let's do Coach Beard's fainting couch because I had a really like legit one. It might be the same for all of us. Can I go first this time? I'm going to go first. When Ted ripped the believe sign, I audibly gasped. I really didn't expect it. Um, it, it on a rewatch, maybe it would even look a little contrived, but when he actually tore it, I went, whoa, that was big. It was big, right? It was you know the, the, this, this thing that has been so heavily weighted on the show. He just tore it. Um, at, as you said earlier, the right time, but man, that absolutely got me. That was that I got a reaction from me for sure. Syed, how about for you? Coach Beard's fainting couch. 
I think the same the same speech, just him saying shit. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. The, you know, and, and his demeanor when he said it, um, that that sort of grabbed my attention because it, it was very unted. It seemed like it was coming from a darker place. Right. We haven't had the Coach Beard fainting moment yet. Right. It was in the trailer, but we have episode one through five. We haven't had it yet. It's still to come. Lori, Coach Beard's fainting couch for you. I am going very different, and this is for all of my fellow ladies. This is, I cracked up and loved it when Jamie got mansplained by Zava. Like, he he started down that path, and then Zava took off, and he's like, I literally just said that. So I was like, <laughs> for for all of us who have ever been mansplained, like the fact that Jamie Jamie Tart had to take one for the team, and and get mansplained and have that moment, it kind of put me, uh, it put me back a moment and it was, it was worth it. That's a great one. Moving on the coach wooden pyramid of success block. We may have done this one before Syed. I've kind of lost track if I'm being totally honest, because I haven't been keeping track. I kind of pulled the one that I feel like makes sense for the episode. Lori team spirit, a genuine consideration for others. An eagerness to sacrifice personal interests of glory for the welfare of all. Reflect on team spirit, where it's strong, where it's lacking for us. Yeah. You know, this one's really tough to pull a, pull a lesson or a learning that aligns to this. But I'm going to I'm going to go in a, in a probably unexpected direction and I'm going to give this moment to Zava, in fact, for two reasons, kind of bookending this episode. First, at the beginning of the episode, we see him in the locker room and they're looking at those pictures in the in the rags of of um, Nate and Anastasia. And the guys are all, you know, having their moment. And Zava says that he only sees his wife. I think her name's Christy with clarity. Every other woman is a smudge. And then he makes his retirement about his family and his avocado farm. But frankly, as we think about team, we all have a home team as well. And I don't think that it is, it's certainly not lost on me that um, for, for Zava, he's an interesting character. Um, and he's certainly, I'm certain, had his narcissistic self-centered moments, but the fact that he is mindful of and verbally acknowledging how he prioritizes his relationship with his wife, and then also stepping away at, you know, maybe he's on a downward trend at the moment, given uh, where he's placed himself on a team and the team's performance of late, stepping away at that point of anyone's career um, is a little bit more rare. So I'm going to say it might be a stretch, but I'm going to acknowledge Zava's uh, loyalty to his home team. I like that one a lot. And it's nice to sort of send Zava off on a high. He gave us so much. And <laughs> I like that you have sent him, you know, into the river. We're going to launch the fiery arrow at the character's, you know, funeral pyre. But we're going to do it with, uh, with, a, with a good thought in our mind about him. Cyan. Say la vie to those perfect traps and delts Dude, and glutes. That guy was ripped. Um, <laughs> it is. It, it's not. It was certainly not lost on me. They showed a good three second beat of Ted staring at the pyramid of success, and they zoomed in on the pyramid. 
which mm-hmm. delighted me no end. What part of the pyramid was he looking at, or was he just sort of looking at the totality of the Coach Wooden Pyramid of Success? Is this one for me, or are you prepared? <laughs> I, I think no. I think he was looking at the whole thing. I I think yeah, that I part of the problem is they they lost the team yeah. when Zava came. They lost the team because they were winning as a team before him, and then they started winning as Zava. And if Zava can't win on his own, that the team just wasn't that concept was lost. So I think he was looking at the fact that the pyramid is made up of all these blocks, and the fact that he had to go back to basics and break it down. Why did I pull team spirit? If he's looking at the whole thing, mm-hmm. why on this episode did Shapiro, when he looked at it this afternoon, say, for this episode, we're going team spirit? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not sure why. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, but, you know, the one guy, honestly, if I can answer the question that Lori got about which person, instead of Zava, I would actually go with Colin. And mm. the reason is Colin did the toughest thing to do on a pro level, which is he gave up his spot for somebody else and didn't make a big stink about it. And I actually have a prediction here. I think that what this show specializes in is subverting expectations. We're getting a huge dose of Jamie's going to save the day. I have a feeling something may go wrong in that plan. I have a feeling I am a strong and capable man, maybe a a savior who they already have waiting on the bench to step into that position. And Jamie may be the tactician that they need on the coaching side to figure out what's going on and what they need to do to fix it. I have learned to not question Syed's prediction. (laughs) That's a good one. That's tasty. It hurts my feelings because I want the Jamie Tart ascendancy, but boy. I can totally see that pathway for sure. I pulled team spirit for this one because the thing that did stick out to me in terms of um, a place, a foothold for the team to move forward, there's a consistency in the locker room with how they relate to each other. And it is genuine. It is warm. It's not, it doesn't feel forced and they're still doing it the same way after this horrible losing streak. Uh, They still have the same rapport. Someone could ask Isaac to give them a haircut and they could do that scene again right now and it wouldn't have felt weird. They have maintained that esprit de corps of who they are as teammates. So I think that as they're positioning the chess pieces for the team to hopefully rise, they may not, right? But it would not feel forced. If they started to play well together, it wouldn't be because they magically started liking each other or not liking each other. It would be because this entity that's already got this spirit that will sacrifice for each other, that will communicate, that has this spirit can now move forward. For me, that makes a lot of sense. And I like the way that the ribbing and the self-talk and the team talk when there's no coaches in there, I, I, I appreciate the way they've kept that consistent. They don't show them ripping into each other or blaming each other or artificially elevating, except Zava, who's now leaving. So that was sort of my view of it and that's why i pulled it but i agree with you that it was the pyramid as a whole lori are you heard syed's perspective on the show subverting expectations do you have any expectations or is it just sort of things that you would like to have happen because the show makes you feel some kind of way yeah you know i i think that's a really stellar take and i i'm intrigued i i think you're I would a love to see Colin be able to, you know, step into that top shelf role. Um, and, and you're right, Mark, I hadn't thought about that before you said it, but I think that 
what he's done uh, in having very, very humbly stepped down. Um, is that was Sayed. It wasn't fact, me. To be fair, oh, I want to claim it. I want to yeah. claim it because it was really good. It wasn't yeah. me. It was Sayed. Well done, sir. Indeed. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so all unprepared but, and everything, and he's coming in here <laughs> swinging a heavy bat. <laughs> I just uh, it's they the writing and the strategery with which they approach this uh, <laughs> this season well is is so superb, and yeah. I think we're we're all just gonna be waiting. I did not think that this episode was gonna take us, you know, in the spin uh, that it took us, and so there's there are still so many active plot lines. Yeah. that need resolution, that we're definitely still in for a heck of a ride. Syed, are we going to get a Gina Gershon cameo? <laughs> Coach, Coach Beard and Roy Kent have both dated her. Is she going to appear? How great would that be? Oh I, that would that, be a great throwaway cameo. If it she's in be. the audience for some match, the camera just pans past her. Totally. Just, <laughs> oh my God, there's Gina Gershon. Yeah. Uh, I have one expectation, and I would really like it to be met, because I just think it would be satisfying. I would really like to see the two aces. I would really like to see the two aces playing high level soccer together. And I just think it would be a total blast. Did you guys catch speaking of Zava? And this is how we're going to send him out on this show. Erling Holland from man city scored a goal over the weekend for his club. It was a bicycle kick flying off to the side. It was completely insane. It was one of the craziest goals ever after he hit it. He sat. I sent it to you side. He sat on the pitch and what did he do? Meditated. <laughs> If that wasn't like them referencing, because he doesn't do that. Oh right. my gosh, Lori, did you see that? No. I'll put the link in the show notes. It was it, the okay. bicycle kicks complete. It's from, he's from another planet, but he sat on the field and meditated, and then his teammates mobbed him. It was like, oh my gosh, that was totally a nod to Zava. It was awesome. Lori, plug something. Well, um, you have a book out. Know, I'll do it for you. You know, my friend, I do have a new book out. I My third book just dropped um, two awesome. months ago. And uh, thank you. It's called Mentor Coach Lead to Peak Professional Performance. And it really digs into the practices of mentorship and sponsorship and coaching and how they influence and, and impact our development, our advancement, our ability to perform at a high level. And so it's been really fun to get some great feedback. It's got me traveling pretty extensively right now i'm in a little bit of a sprint of a travel season but it's a joy and an honor and um yeah so who on the team would you most like to read it and then call you to discuss it with you yeah well i know who my my vote would be i'm gonna vote rebecca okay because i mean i maybe this is a fangirl moment i would just um i mean i'd even drink tea with her if i had to um (laughs) But yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, Rebecca. Awesome. I want Leslie Higgins to read your book. He's having a serious speed wobble. And he needs to <laughs> write the ship because things are going askew. Syed, plug something. But his, but his ahead, emoji is adorable. His what? His emoji is adorable. Oh, God. Did you? <laughs> Syed, plug something. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep hammering away at my book <laughs> coming yes, out. Yes, sir. Um, do. Now we're we're almost T minus thirty days uh, to the launch. Uh, in May sixteenth, my book These Vital Signs is out on every platform, Amazon Bookshop, um, etc. And there'll be an audible version also and a digital version. What? So that's totally awesome. I love audiobooks and I'm totally gonna download it. But 
there's one thing that Lori did that I bugged you about already. My copy of Lori's book is signed. So there's a standard set, Syed. My copy of yours, if it has to be signed. No, it will be. It will All be. Right. Uh, then we're good. I'm going to plug some work being done by our friend, Renee Diversdal. She is a hospitalist at OHSU. She is the chief medical officer at Vave Health, which is a leading ultrasound company for portable handheld ultrasound. Renee is a world's authority on this, and she's developed an amazing sort of leadership uh, approach to being a CMO for the first time with this company. They are doing really cool stuff, and they're going to be now presenting what they're doing at the American Association of Colleges of Osteopathic Medicine. I'm super excited for her. We'll put a link to Vave Health in the show notes. Click it. There may be a little surprise there for you. But Renee does, Renee does awesome work, and it's really exciting to see her and so many other people who are active clinically also stepping into these extraordinary roles of leadership and formation and starting companies and things. It's, it's really cool. It's very inspiring. So definitely check out Vave Health. Lori, we, we're halfway done. We're not going to do expectations. We've covered that. Are you... When, when the next episode rolls around, when it's episode six, are you going to be ready to play The Cure or are you going to be ready to play something else? I'm all about the grind. So I'm just, I'm in it for the growth that's being achieved. It's, this is the ugly stage. This is the really, really ugly phase where you're face down and you're taking your blows. And I think that it would be stunning to me to think that there's not a redemption arc it will undoubtedly be not what we're anticipating and that's a good thing but i am you know i don't mind the dark moments because that's where the real growth occurs and um i like what you said earlier mark about the consistency that you're seeing in the locker room with the team sans zava because that's very telling that's very, very telling. And there have been some, some, you know, little wobbles. Um, not that, what did you call Leslie's speed, speed wobble? wobble? Yeah. Speed wobble. <laughs> <laughs> that brings, that, that's a visual. That's it's a good visual. Not yeah. Shaken, for sure. <laughs> not shaken from my mind anytime soon, but right, right, right. Um, I'm here for the growth. Fair enough. Syed, I'm here for texting you after the episode, whether I'm happy or sad. <laughs> so I know that after episode six, I'm going to be texting you and you'll reply. So that brings me joy. What about you, buddy? Are you uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, You know, you mentioned Sam earlier, and that's been bothering me this this whole season because it really felt like he was a superstar in the making. He's being courted by other, uh, you know, team presidents. And um, he's really been kind of absent and no show for for the bulk of this season. So I'm kind of hoping they involve him back. Um, but yeah, it feels I'm a little worried, to be honest with you, after this episode, it yeah. feels like they have a lot of narrative arcs that, uh, you know, they got to stick the landing. Um, it's got that Game I, of Thrones vibe. It's got it, that it does. Thrones vibe. That's yeah. absolutely what it is. Uh, oh, my God. That's a perfect analogy is I started getting that unease. With There's you. just a lot to do in only five episodes. Yeah. 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 They're going to have to pick where they're not going to be able to wrap everything up. Or they can just say, hey, we're here to subvert expectations. F off. And that, yeah, might, exactly. all, that might also happen. Lori, <laughs> yeah. this was so great. You've been on Explore the Space a couple times. Now you've been on Med Lasso. This was totally wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was absolutely a delight and an honor. I appreciate the opportunity and go Greyhounds.
Syed, I'll text you on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it, buddy. My thanks again to Lori for joining Syed and I on this episode of Med Lasso from Explore the Space Podcast. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. Thanks also to the Women in Medicine Summit for helping to bring this episode to light. The Women in Medicine Summit is a not-to-be-missed conference experience in Chicago, September 22nd and 23rd, put on by our good friend, friend of Explore the Space podcast, Dr. Shika Jane. She organizes the whole thing, puts it all together. It's, it's a wonderful experience. Check out www.womeninmedicinesummit.org. It is for everybody. So if you have some CME time and you can come to Chicago, come and join us. I'll be there. Explore the Space is a sponsor. It's a wonderful couple of days. So definitely come and check it out. Come and join us. You can check out the archive of Explore the Space podcast and the whole Med Lasso archive at www.explorethespaceshow.com. Hit me up on Twitter at ETS Show and Instagram at Explore the Space Show. And you can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. We will be back with more Explore the Space episodes as well as an episode of Med Lasso. We got five episodes of Ted Lasso season three left. So we'll be tracking right along with them. Take care. See you soon. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.